welcome to Maiden Speech. My name is Monica Ferguson, portrait photographer and self-love advocate from New Zealand. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to uplift and empower you. Thanks for hanging out. Now let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Maiden's Beach. Monica here and today is really cool for me. I get to interview one of the people who actually, if I'm being honest, this person has had more positive impact on me and influence than anyone else I've ever met in my entire life. And so that's a big statement. And I've just had my official two-year friendship anniversary via Facebook with him. And it's been really interesting to reflect back on how much has changed and how much I have changed and all these things that have happened. So his name is Stuart Walter and I met him seemingly by accident, but I don't really believe in that anymore. And I met him at a, at a business workshop event where he was a guest speaker. And by the end of his three hour presentation, I was sobbing in the corner. I was literally confronting my deepest fears and insecurities and ever since then, he has held my hand slash kicked my butt as I've gone through heaps more transitions and and broken through all sorts of fears and insecurities and he's just amazing. So I'm so excited to introduce you to him because he's worked with me but he works with the legends, the greats, the, the Olympians, the 37 world champions. You know, he's absolutely incredible. So I'm going to go and grab him. Stay tuned guys, this is going to be a good one. Hello Stuart Walter. Hello Monica. That was amazing. Well <laughs> start. Okay, how are you going? I'm excellent. Thank you very much, Lee. Good, good. So first off, thanks so much for coming on my podcast. Welcome. Are we done? Yeah, that was a that was that was enough to make me feel good. Um, excellent. so I've just introduced you to everyone already, but I would love it if you could succinctly describe what it is exactly that you do for people. That's a very open-ended question. Thanks for that one. Yeah, well, right. Can, so we have the next eight right. hours that I can actually discuss what I, what it is I do. I okay. Succinctly. <laughs> succinctly. Okay. So we've got six hours. Cool. Okay. Let's look at who you are now, mm-hmm. and let's look at who you want to be. Okay. Because who you are now is a result of everything you've ever done, everything you've ever thought, dreamed, understood, remembered, or experienced. Mm-hmm. So if we look at you and go, right, you are a perfect reflection of everything you've ever done, then that's who you are. We can't change it. Yeah. What I do, though, is I look at who you want to be. Okay? So who is the person you want to be to achieve whatever you want to achieve? Okay? So if we're a photographer who's not quite sure of herself, we would look at it and just go, where does she want to be in 12 months? Because the person you are is not going to be able to that point of yep. where you're yeah. going to be in 12 months' time. So you actually have to shift things within you. And I know that sounds easy, but there's so many people out there that just they can't do it because they're too caught up in their own crap in their head through past experiences. Maybe don't mind me using the word crap. So there's another one, crap. <laughs> and people... Do, People are, they're caught up in their same story in their in their head and they're caught up in all the stuff from the past. So I guess if you look at what I do, it's I just take people from where they are to where they want to be and yeah. what they want to achieve. But half the time, as you know, people don't actually know what they want. 
don't so, know. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's quite simple. It's amazing how many people absolutely look astounded when they ask them the question, where do you want to be in 12 months? Because they never actually stop and think about it. Yeah. But you're a woman, you'd understand, you've got married. Most women spend, what, 12 months planning one day in their life, mm-hmm. which is their wedding day. Yeah. But not many people spend that one day to, to plan the rest of their lives, let alone even 12 months. Mm-hmm. So what I do is go bring people back to the basics and go, well, where do you want to be? And all we've got to do is change who you are. We don't need to change anything from the past. We just need to change you now and say, right, that's who you are. Who do you need to be to achieve what it is you want in the future? Yeah. It's simple, really. So I also... Yeah, so because I remember the first time you asked me that question and I was just like, like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know. Why is that question, where do you want to be, what are your goals, why is that so confronting? Because it, it pushes every fundamental of the human mind. And a lot of people are so scared of getting out there, getting exposed, becoming vulnerable, getting judged. What would other people think? What would they say? What if I stuff it up? What if I get it right? What if, what if, what if? So the main thing I work on with people is to get them to understand fear is the greatest limitation. Mm. And that is prevalent though, isn't it? Like it's just a cultural norm. It's everywhere, all the time. Like you hear it in every conversation with your friend, I can't do that or that's too hard or that's too whatever. It's just like it's embedded within us. Yeah, exactly. hard to crack actually in the beginning it is because you you may say hey look this is what i want to achieve in my life but there's 15 fundamentals of the human mind that exist yeah okay and over the last 13 years i've kind of narrowed them all down i've expanded on them and i've processed them and understood them and i apply them to every person so i just look at this person drop them through the filters and go right there's your problem yeah but there's also 15 different solutions on the way through and every thought every action every behavior is running up and down through those 15 filters and the main thing in your brain is to protect you from potential hurt or potential harm physically or emotionally Mm. so here you are going out into business or life or whatever you want to in sport and the last and the first thing your brain wants to do is go right how do i protect myself from potential hurt or harm physically or emotionally there's number one priority so if you're feeling fear your brain is going don't want to do that how can I stay safe? How can I stay hidden? How can I stay average? How can I stay small? And that's exactly what your brain is doing. And then you'll sabotage, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. No, that's the that's what the, the unconscious mind will do automatically to yeah. protect you is start self-sabotaging because, you know, well, this is the best thing I can be doing. And then your brain goes to do something else. And you go, why is it doing that? Yeah. That's and I think, sorry, I think that was the most important thing you have taught me so far anyway is actually mm. being able to identify those things within myself and yeah. but then not beating myself up about it because it's like, okay, that's actually a natural response. It's not I'm a failure, I can't do that, I'm too weak or whatever. It's like, okay, this is why this is happening and then you have a choice to, to push through it or not as opposed to being like a victim and then, you know, continuing yeah. the cycle of like self-loathing and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly, and that's what the brain will be doing. And Every day you've got 60,000 thoughts and every one of those thoughts is going to be going through these 15 filters. And that's just one I told you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far out. Okay, so tell me, where did your particular interest around hypnotherapy come from? Where did it start? Uh, it was through my mum. 
Sure, my mum, she's a hypnotherapist and naturopath. And, I mean, yeah, you know me, not many other people do, but I was a, yeah, elite levels of martial arts. And I was always, I was travelling two weeks every month for the job and career I was in as a national sales manager. And I was inconsistent in my results mm. on with fighting because yes, I used to step into a map for state and national titles and a what six meter by six meter square, and you step into the onto the map with someone who's trained to kill you. Yeah, now, inconsistent training is going to give you inconsistent results. So I was I was good at sport. I was fast. I was strong. I was flexible. I was just not in the right headspace. So I needed to make that right. And I was talking to mum one day and she said, well, let's give hypnosis a go. I kind of went, oh, okay, well, this will be fun, if not to say hilarious. Um, so I sat there for a couple of hours and just listened to my mother going, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, how is this going to make any difference? But I, I left that experience and I was a changed person. I went to training that night and even my instructor just said, what are you on? Uh, and it was it was incredible because it was almost like I could read the other person's thoughts. I knew what they were going to do before they did it. Yeah. So it was incredibly powerful to have that much um, of an awareness and so quickly with how the brain works. And the results I got, I then went on to get uh, 95, 97, 99 state national titles. But then I also looked at how do I integrate that into business? And I was doing less and less in business, but every year I was getting a 40% increase in the previous year's figures by doing less. So I found, <laughs> I found, yeah, it was hilarious. I remember my boss once who was, it was a actual New Zealand-based company up in Auckland. He phoned up and said, look, whatever you do, stop it because the factory can't cope. I mean, I was, I was selling commercial glass and dishwashers, designing systems that would be like a little undercounter glass washer right through to filling up a big hospital, hotel system and convention centre that will yeah. fill up well, basically two or three rooms or even a house. So I was designing all those systems and the factory wasn't able to cope. So the boss is saying, look, take some time off. We, we, don't, we can't cope because they actually were growing out of one factory and they decided, hey, look, we're going to build a... They bought a block of land opposite and they were going to build it. And I said, by the time we build it, we've already outgrown it. You need to slow down. I said, I can't because of the momentum I've created. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I took the same approach with my sport as I did in business, in life. And, and that, was, that was kind of it. So when you remove the fear out of stuff, it, it, life just becomes so much easier. I mean, there's always going to be fear, like you say. It's just understanding what fear is, acknowledging the response you're getting internally, and then doing it anyway. Mm. Sounds so for some people like that. <laughs> yeah, it does. But I'd be unemployed if it wasn't for emotions. Yeah. Okay. And that's the other thing. You can work logically in your brain, or you can work through feelings and emotions, but the two don't run in parallel. You can't do both at the same time. It's either logical or emotional. Okay, try and logically understand love. Yeah, no, that's crazy. <laughs> doesn't work. No. <laughs> doesn't work. You man, you woman, that should equal love. But you look at it and go, it doesn't do it that way. But if you look at so many things in life, you can actually do one equals that one. But when you chuck emotions in there, it just doesn't make sense. And that's where fear comes from. 
fear is all created through past experiences. You can't have fear mm. in the future. True. Mm. True. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so basically, you've just, as I say to people, you've just got to look at your existing results and your existing results equal your potential minus your fear. Yeah. So all we've got to do is minimise fear and you're getting closer and closer to your potential. How much fear do you think most people have? Like your, your average Joe, if you did a, a survey on the street. Yep. How much, how, like, I don't know, as a percentage or something. Like, because you are, you only work with the minority, right? The people that are actually ready to show up and do the work and really, like, confront this stuff, which is really yeah. hard to do. So if you just, like, went to a pub and you met someone random, what are the chances of them living, like, at, what, 90% fear? Like, how, how you know? Most most people, Monica, would be sitting around the 50 to 80%. Yeah. Okay? Because yep. there's in, some incredible people I've met that are fighting to be average. Yeah. They're fighting to be average because they don't want to be seen, they don't want to be noticed, they don't want to be judged. Mm. See, quite simply, if you've got people that have been through past experiences, trauma, the last thing they want to do is get out there and expose themselves. So they yeah. don't want yeah. to be seen to be anything other than average because what are people going to think? So even though the potential is incredibly high, they're reducing themselves down purely through the fear. Okay? And again, if you look at, I guess, even the elite athletes, some of the results that I get in such a short time is just incredible because there's so many are going, well, what if I have a bad result? What if I do this? What if I have a bad start, but I put all this time into it? What if I let down my coach? What if I let down myself? What if I let down my parents? Yeah. All that exists. So there's a brilliant line around that 80% mark where most people have got a fear of failure. Okay, so they, they're moving towards success and very quickly. They'll get to 50%. If they don't want to be seen, they'll stay there. But the ones that are going, yeah, I really want to achieve, they'll get to about 80% of the of their potential quite comfortably, yeah, okay, yeah. because they're getting away from that element of fear because most people have got a fear of something and we're all wired to remove ourselves from fear. So if you've got a fear of heights, we back away from the edge. You've got a fear of snakes, you go away. You've got a fear of spiders, you go away. Yeah. So what if you have a fear of success? Okay, your yep. brain is naturally wired to stay away from potential hurt, which is, or oh, what if, okay, well, I've got 80% of the way there. Now, with the extra 20%, it's going to take a lot more effort. It's going to take a lot more energy. I'm going to start getting noticed. So, therefore, how can I handle that? And if you look at people in life, you look at the, the top um, musicians, actors, actresses, people in the arts, people in the sciences, influencers, they're all being attacked. You look at every uh, Instagram or Facebook account, there's always the haters in there. Mm -hmm. And the more successful perception of successful you are, the more people are going to be out there and hating you. So you've True. got to be strong enough to be able to withstand that, and not many people are because they're not willing to go above the 80%, but they're doing just enough but not doing enough. So you'll find that 80% mark, 50 to 80% most people are sitting at. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you work with a lot of like elite athletes and elite people. Yep. What do you think it is that makes someone great like that? It's the ability to go internal and trust themselves and believe in themselves. Okay. And it, it's it's hard. It's hard because 
Right now, I believe in everyone more than everyone else believes in themselves. Okay? You know me. You know how much I push people. Yes, I know. <laughs> I remember. You're welcome. That's because I know people's potential. Most people start feeling a resistance to the potential of 40%. Yep. 40%. So you can still double it to 80 and then that's when it starts getting tough. Okay? So, again, yeah, I do work with the elites, but I believe in everyone can be so much better than where they are. But they're just yep. too scared to do it. Yeah. But also it's kind of unconventional. Like these conversations even are unconventional, you know? Oh, like, yeah. But it should, it should be the normal, though, in schools now. People should start talking each other up and supporting each other. Yeah. But, but that's the thing you find with this, certainly in Australia, and every country says it's exactly the same and they're the only com country. But basically if you've got someone, like we love successful people in sports, in business, in the arts, in science, we love successful people. But we don't like people we know being successful. Yeah. Okay, because it, then, it, then it reflects on, oh, we could have done that. We did know them. We saw how focused and intentional they were. Uh, they've achieved that. I haven't. So now I'm beating myself up because I haven't achieved that. So I could get off my backside and do something about it or I could bring them down to my level, which is generally what people do. Okay, yeah. They start attacking people uh, in the hope that they collapse emotionally, therefore then coming back down to your level to make you feel better about yourself. Okay. Yeah. Is that also conscious or is that like an, an intentional thing, do you think? Mostly at that unconscious level, mostly at the unconscious level because we all want success, okay? Everyone wants to be fit, healthy, happy, in love and rich. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> we, all, we all want that, but why aren't we doing it? Great okay? question. So, yeah, you've got all the free information you need at the keyboard or on your phone. The best Nutrition, diet, exercise, money-making, ideas, schemes. you got every, everything at your fingertips. So why aren't we all living that life? It's because of fear. It's because of emotions. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that, and that is all at the unconscious level. Yeah. Okay. I read this really cool thing the other day, and it was just like a little quote on Instagram, and it said that no one above you will ever tear you down. No. And it was like... But it's the people below you that are. So, mm. And I feel like that, and I know we talked about that heaps when we were, like, you know, working together and stuff, and it's like that's actually the hardest thing is yeah. starting to distance yourself and letting these people go, people yeah. that have always been in your corner, and then all of a sudden, like, you just feel something shifted, something's changed, it feels a bit icy. And it's like how awful is that, that you actually have to learn to harden up and, like, not care about people that you've always cared about because they can't mm. support you. Well, they, it's not they can't. They choose not to. They choose well, not they to. And that, that, is, that, is, that is very much the hardest thing. And that it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because, again, like I said, it's, it's making that decision to go internal, to trust you, to trust your vision, to trust everything you've got to make this happen. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If you start listening to everyone else, it, it, they will keep you limited. And they will hold you down to make themselves feel better. Let's let's face it, if if one person is on a high and the rest of the group is on a down low, everyone's going to be talking about that person. Who do they think they are? They've left us and making us feel this. Meh. Okay, they're gonna do everything they can to gang up on that person to bring them back down so they feel better about themselves. 
craziness. It, it really is. And it's hard. And it's, it's really to be able to toughen it up. I mean, I was talking to a golfer, um, well, this morning, actually, a professional golfer. I said, you need to be stronger mentally. This is what we're working towards. He said, what do you mean by mentally stronger? I said, you have to be able to stand up there at one of the majors, British Open, US Open, US Masters, whatever it might be. You stand up there and intentionally do an air swing on the first tee. <laughs> and they, they just look at me and went, why? I went, if you can't manage the ridicule, the jokes, the memes from doing that, you're not going to be strong enough to be at the top of your game. Yeah. Okay. If you, because it's going to be like that, you're going to be on the news, you're going to be, look at these funniest home videos, you've got to see this. This is, you'll be on the front page of every golfing magazine for all the wrong reasons. But if you're not strong enough to handle that back pressure and that pressure and the ridicule and the laughter and joke, you're never going to be that successful. Mm. okay it's yeah. quite simple you've got to look at the the opposite and go right okay if that is a reason why i'm not going to be successful that's what's going to happen another golfer i had i'll give you another example he was never going to win a tournament he's always coming in second or third and i said why why is that he said i should be able to win but this is just something holding me back and what it ended up being i, I traced it all back through his timeline and at the age of 10, he was given an award at school. He had to get up there in front of the whole school assembly, got this award, had to give a speech. He's standing there with his little palm cards, reading it out. He's shaking and shaking and shaking. The palms ca palm cards just spread all over the place. He got so nervous, he burst into tears and wet himself. Awesome. So therefore, you look at it now and going, right, here's a professional golfer, but never actually able to win. Traced it all back. Why can't you win? Okay, because winning equals you're going to have a camera shoved in your face. You're going to have to do a talk. You're going to be interviewed. You're going to wet yourself, burst into tears. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, you've now got a professional golfer who's never going to be successful because of that experience in the past. And those experiences, again, we come back to that basic fundamental. Your mind is going to protect you from potential hurt, potential harm, physically, emotionally. So it's self-sabotaging the win in golf because of that experience that doesn't want to wet, them, wet themselves or get nervous in front of a camera. Yeah. That makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. So do you think that deep down everyone knows that they have massive potential or are we good at actually shutting that off completely and actually believing that we're not capable of anything? Because we're being so limited, restricted, suppressed, downtrodden and had beliefs from above, whether it's parents, teachers, friends, colleagues, family, if we're always told this is up, this is always all we're ever going to be, then we start conforming to other people's beliefs. Yeah. If we believe we're only going to be working in a supermarket or driving a forklift, then that's exactly where whatever we achieve. And unfortunately, it's parents that limit kids' potentials, okay? You've only got to go to the local shopping centre and you see a kid running around, okay? Imagine if this kid falls over. They get up, they cry. You ever seen kids fall over? They get up and they look around and go, yeah. oh, no one's watching. They'll get up, brush themselves off and go for it. But if there's a parent around there who then goes, oh, poor you, poor you, they burst into tears. Mm. 
because they then get supported through their negative emotions and their negative emotional state. But you've only got to see one of these kids and go, oh, that, that'll teach you to run so fast. Mm. So next time, walk, don't run so fast, you'll fall over. If you fall over and hurt yourself again, don't come crying to me because you're not going to get me sympathy. So there's the next world champion just gone. Far up. So yeah, parents, sense, yeah, yeah I, I do that with my with my son. He was four years old. He I bought him a trampoline for Christmas. Within about three months, he's doing some, uh, front somersaults with no hands on the trampoline. As a parent, you want to go, be careful, be careful, don't do that. Use your hands, just jump up and down. But it doesn't work that way. And for him, I'm just going, go for it, kid. Yeah. I haven't put any limitations in there, and I've just got, you've just got to keep going and going and going. Okay, if he's running on the road and falls face first and bruises down the side of his face and scrapes all the skin off his nose and arms and legs and elbows, it's like, cool, how awesome was that? Just move your legs a little faster next time. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, it is, so it's very easy then for parents to actually unknowingly have a really negative impact like that based on their own fears. Oh, absolutely. And, you're, and as a parent, your own limitations... The kids, you don't have to teach your kids limitations. They're going to be watching, looking, listening. So, again, if you're a parent of somewhere between that 50 and the 80% on your potential, what are your kids learning? Mm. Okay, you're already starting to limit their potential by being average, by thinking average, by talking average. Yep. At best, you might be lucky to be 80%. That's that funny thing about the 80% as well, as you were saying, is anyone under the eight or under the 80% wants to pull you down. Once you get over that 80.1%, everyone above you wants to lift you up. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, it definitely and, seems to be that. You get around these positive people who are doing amazing things and you're just like, you feel so good and then you go and talk to someone else who, who just, they start talking human again almost and that lack and limitation. Yeah. And like, oh, but that's scary, that's hard, that's mm. too expensive, da-da-da-da, and you're like, is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, it, again, it's not all rainbows. It's not all unicorns. Look, there's some tough times. I've had an incredible tough couple of years. And if it wasn't for my level of belief, if it wasn't for my knowing what the end looks like, I would have gone to get a job because it's so much easier than having to deal with the highs and the lows of the emotions. I merged into a company that went into liquidation. I had to pull all my products back out. I lost all my superannuation. I had to start business all over again. Hmm. I started by sharing an office. That person couldn't handle it, so they dumped again, which left me double the costs. So you've got to look at this and go, if you're not willing to step up and to not do the 24-7 grind, 24 grind and hustle, but just be smart about every action, if you're not willing to be able to take that time, the energy and the focus and put everything at risk and sacrifice life, you're never going to get there. Yeah. And this is something that I love about the way that you work and the way that you coach is that you are very much about the how as well. And as much as mm. I hate the word realistic, you, we actually had those conversations. Like, but you know, it's like we're redefining the word realistic, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not how normal people use it. But, but actually, like, it's not like you say, it's not all rainbows. And that's actually so comforting to hear when you are an entrepreneur who's just smashed into a wall and you're sitting there going, where is my next money coming from? No one believes in me. I'm whatever, imposter syndrome. And then you can kind of identify it as part of the process and then you're yeah. back and you're bouncing and you're pushing through. 
as opposed mm. to being like, oh, you know, if you were reading things like The Secret, thinking, oh, I've obviously thought something wrong or I've done something wrong or I should feel happy and amazing all the time. It's like, that's yeah. not how it works. But at the same time, we're not about sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. It's like, it's that balance. And it's something that's so yeah. different about what you do compared to everyone else who's just like sharing happy memes mm. and, oh, be positive and think happy thoughts. It's like, yes, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, <laughs> think of a happy place. That, that stuff doesn't work. Because you can't do that. You've, you've got to be understanding that what you're going through at the moment, if you hit rock bottom, you've only got one way to go and that's back up. But don't forget your unconscious mind is also stopping you from potentially failing again, which is going to limit your limit your success because it doesn't want to fall down again. So you're going to have this constant battle of getting up. What drives me is the fact that I know that every time I get back up, that's one less person I have to fight because everyone else, I just look at what I've been through and I just go, no one else is going to go through what I've been through to get to where I'm going to be. Yeah. People don't have the resistance. They don't have the persistence. They don't have the belief or trust in themselves or the control over their mindset to just keep pushing through it. Mm. And that, for me, is fortunate that I've been through, I guess, martial arts. So I think that's one of those things that any parents out there with kids get them into some level of martial arts, not just for confidence, but to understand how far you can mentally and physically go before you break. Yeah. I've had some incredible experiences that, well, basically, I shouldn't be here. I've got some incredible experiences that martial arts has got me out of some very tough situations. Yeah. You've got to have that. If you're not that, like for me, I mean, I've got an internal and an external fighter, so I'm good. Mm. But not many people have both. Not many people know how to fight physically or emotionally. And if we can just strengthen that emotional fight to go, look, it's normal. All you're fighting is emotions. All you're fighting is your thoughts through past experiences. It's the person in the mirror that you're fighting, not the person in future. Yes. So why are we so afraid of ourselves? Because this is something I'm so interested in because every single person that comes in to be photographed is terrified, yeah. absolutely terrified. And, like, where did this come from? Like, it's, it's actually such a problem. We can't even look at ourselves without feeling. Like, I just had a shoot, and this yep. person was just criticizing themselves. Five insults to themselves in the first one minute. I was like, are you dumb? You know? But it's like, yeah. we just do that. Why? Again, where is this, where is this <laughs> criticism come from? Has it come from parents? Has it come from classmates? Has it come from colleagues, family, friends? Or is it an internal belief that we're shit? Yeah. Either yeah. way, you know, you know me. I do seminars. I do workshops. If you've got a camera pointed at me, I'm going to do something stupid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Every time. So, yeah. So for me, it's it's just a part of getting to that level for me, not the next level, beyond the level, beyond that again. Yeah. Like I've got to look at it and go, I've got to fully expose myself physically and emotionally to get to where I need to be. I need to be strong enough to be able to handle the judgment, the backlash. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So does... Because one thing that I'm fascinated by is self-worth and, like, worthiness. So I'm kind of like, how does self-worth and fear, like, do you have to build that self-worth first? Because you do you have to believe that you actually are deserving of a better life and better health and better love and all that stuff first before you can actually go and do all the stuff that's going to hurt. 
Yeah, it, it's funny, and I, I love that question because most people are like that. And the and most people are scared of hypnosis, aren't they? Let's face it, people just go, oh, hypnosis, and they either run the opposite direction or they're fascinated by it. Yeah. The people that are scared by what I do, the first question I say, or the first thing I say is, right, let's de-hypnotise you. <laughs> and they, they're looking at me like, what? I mean, yes, hypnotising is removing all the old products, the old programs, the old thoughts, the old behaviours, the old beliefs that you've created over the past. Yeah. Then we can reboot the new ones. So when you throw it back at them and go, hey, look, you've been hypnotised for the first 20, 30, 40 years of your life into believing you are crap, you are not worthy, you don't deserve any better, you're ugly, you're fat, you're overweight, whatever it is. If you hear that often enough, that's who you become. Yeah. Okay, so all we need to do is basically dehypnotize people and then all of a sudden their belief goes, oh, okay, well, yeah, you're right because I am, as I said before, you're a product of everything you've ever done. You look in the mirror and go, there you go. Mm. Okay, right down to what you decided to eat 12 months ago. How you decided to exercise? Did you decide to become a runner or a swimmer? Did you decide to become a business person or an entrepreneur? Did you decide to become an accountant or a nurse? All that is going to show in a mirror. Yeah. Right down to how you decided to cut your hair, put your makeup on. Did you decide to put the glasses on your head for a reason? (laughs) I feel very attacked right now, right? And most people do because, you know, you've been to one of my seminars and, as you said, look, I scare, I scare a lot of people when they first come out because yeah. it's not me personally. It's all I'm doing is holding up a mirror to you. Yeah. So all you're seeing is a reflection of yourself. That's why people get angry. They're not getting angry at me. They're getting yeah. angry at themselves. Yeah. And Didn't you do. You absolutely terrify people. And I'll never forget the first time that I met you, ever, <laughs> ever. As much as I try it, no, just kidding. <laughs> but it's, um, I think, too, it's like, it's the directness. It's so strange to have someone ask you so directly, well, why do you do that? And you're like, oh, and like you squirm, and I actually squirmed in for several of our sessions in the beginning, and it's like, no one talks like that. No one ever asks you the truth like that. Like, we're yeah. going to most, we cushion it, and we sugarcoat it, and we make it sound fluffy, and... But to actually be asked straight up, why do you do that? Why are you doing that? Mm. Like, it's it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> it is. And one of my favourites is, how is that working for you? Yeah, you still got to put that on the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it is because I, I do push people back because I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. If all I can do is instill my belief in you that, yes, you can be better, greater, than what you think, it's easy to do. All I'm doing is basically re-hypnotising you in such a way that, hey, look, I believe in you. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, hang on, someone believes in me. Why haven't I had that in in my past? Maybe, maybe they weren't quite right. Hmm. Maybe people in the past have been limiting me, restricting me and suppressing me because of their own benefit which is they don't want me to be successful so therefore it affects them yeah I feel like that's where what you teach around self-awareness is so important because I know for me anyway up until that point I never looked at anyone else and thought why would they do that to me I just assumed I am nothing I am worthless that is why people treat me like this 
So then constantly getting validation, because I was surrounded by people that did that sort of thing all the time. So yeah. like you're constantly getting validation of why I am worthless, basically. Yeah. And I remember the first time I met you, little timber breaking exercise, and you said to me, and I was so shocked to hear this come out of my mouth, you said, what does this mean to you? Do you remember mm. what I said? <laughs> no, you don't. What, <laughs> what I said was that I am good enough. And I was like, whoa, because at that point I was like two years into business. I thought that I was stronger than that. Honestly, I thought, no, mm. I like myself enough. No, not even. That was the first. And then I burst into tears. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and what's, what's tears? The tears is an emotional suppression. And that's exactly what's been going. But you've got to look at it and go, you can't just break through it once. It's like going to the gym once. It's like mowing the lawn once. It's like eating a healthy meal once. It's not going to help you. It might help you at that moment. Mm. But you've got to be able to get up every day and smash through that bit of timber. Yeah. Because life pushes back. And if you're not willing to do it, because I've, I've researched this long enough and the secret to success and it seems the closer we get to success, the higher the highs, the lower the lows, and the closer they get. Yeah. <laughs> what flash. <laughs> and it, it literally is. You, you can take the highs three or four times a day, which sounds great, but you've also got the lows. And you look at the stock market over the last 10 years, it's always gone up. If you draw a line between 10 years ago and today, it looks awesome. Yeah. But if you take yeah. one particular week of the stock market and can be up and crash and go back up again and back down again, and if you ride life like a stock market with the emotions, you're going to burn out. So that's the, the long-term investment and just keep investing in yourself every day. Just keep putting more and more into yourself every day, irrespective of fear. And then one day you'll break through thinking, oh, great, here I am. There's a massive low again. Here we go, back up again. All of a sudden you're at success. And people are too busy looking for that aha moment. Here's my moment. I'm going to line everything up. It's New Year's. It's the first day. It's my birthday. It's Christmas. Next year I'm going to do this. Yeah. Stop looking for an aha moment. Just go, well, here I am now. I've just got to make a decision. The next decision can transform your life. Don't go looking for the, oh, this is my moment. Because <laughs> you're going to need one of them every day at least. Yeah. That's, that's the persistence and just go, Let's, oh, here we go again. Bang, let's go. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of, I don't know how you respond to this question. Let's find out your why, right? Having a why. Mm -hmm. How important is that then? And how important is it that you're connected to it in order to ride those highs and lows? Again, it's like the stock market. Why do you invest in the stock market? To make money. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Why do you want the life you want? Well, for me, I mean, for me, it's impact. That's one I impact. Impact. Yeah. Okay. Have, what, what's, what's your why? Why do you want to impact? What do you want to impact? People. Women in particular. So, I mean, for me, my, my why... That's the thing, Monica. Let's just, let's just come back, and this is how I push people. Is going, right, how many people do you want to influence in your life? How many women? 7.5 yeah. billion people in the world, so half of them. Can you say 10 million? Okay, so there's you wanting to influence 10 million women. Mm -hmm. Okay, the only way you can do that is by changing yourself. Yeah. Okay, forget this thing that people say, it's, uh, it's not good to be selfish. Okay, 
Oh, it's all give, give, give to people, giving and receiving. No, you've got to receive first before you can give. Yeah. The more you receive, the more you can give. The more you overflow, the more people around you. Yeah. So if you've got yourself and you're full and you've got five people around you, all they can expect is, what is that, 20% of you? Mm-hmm. Okay, and guess what? You're drained. Yeah. But it's like that stack of champagne flutes. How do you fill it? Great. You fill the top one and let it overflow. Okay, so before you can give, you need to receive. Mm-hmm. Look at Oprah. She's a classic example. Everything she does, if you look at the definition of giving and receiving, yeah. I can't even think of the word now. I'm, it just doesn't enter my vocab. But you've got to be able to selfish, that's the one. Okay. <laughs> you've got to give to yourself first. How can helping 10 million people be selfish? That's not. Okay. But it's selfish yeah. of you to only hold yourself back to 100 people. The only reason you've been selfish and holding yourself back is because you don't have enough energy to push it because you're drained by these 100 people, okay? Mm -hmm. If you want to influence 10 million, you've got to have enough energy stored to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just physical energy. It's financial energy. It's it's fitness. It's health. It's eating the right food. It's exercising. And if you're finding yourself self-sabotaging there, probably because – you know that by being fit and healthy, you start getting energy, which means people start getting noticed and people start noticing you and you become more successful and you can't handle it. So the brain goes, oh, let me self-sabotage. Ooh, take it. Ooh. And you're gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's all the underlying filters. And I can guarantee people who are out there listening to this and going, yeah, I know that, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yes is the driving force. That's the go and do it. I can guarantee anything after that. Your butts, insert excuse. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I could do, but. But can always be tracked back to a past experience and I can guarantee there's a negative emotion attached to it. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Hmm. All right, I so could... last question. What is your goal then with your work? With mine? Yeah. To be travelling and touring around with the finest athletes and entrepreneurs in the world motivating, inspiring them through my actions. I guess if you look at my why, it's creating an awesome life for myself, my wife and my son. By being number one in the world for sports hypnosis, sports and performance hypnosis, Mm -hmm. by creating, supporting, producing some of the best self-development, self-improvement programs in the world, that inspire the way people think, believe, behave and communicate in a way that empowers others. Yeah. Okay, so I'm doing this podcast with you, for you, mm-hmm. okay? So hopefully it's empowering you. You're going to put this out there, which is going to empower other people. So therefore, is that my mission? Yes. Yeah, and what does it all come back to? It all comes back to I'm creating an awesome life for myself. Yeah. Okay, I'm filling myself up by doing this right now. And so am I. This is part of mine as well. Yes. So then, see, my actions have influenced the way you think, believe, behave and communicate. So therefore, it's now empowering you, which is now empowering other people. So my mission is being complete with everyone I talk to. Yeah. Love that. Okay. It's got nothing to do with I'm doing this for my son. I'm not leaving a legacy for him. He can work hard and suffer like I did. (laughs) 
But it's it's got to come back to you being the person because I look at my son and go, who is he without me? Okay, so I've got to fill myself up first. He's got to see me working hard and pushing through the limitations. He's got to see how I just get up, suck it up and go again because if he doesn't see me doing that, he's not going to do it himself. He's just going to go, well, Dad's just sitting watching, watching TV. Yeah. Okay, he knows the struggle I go through just to run 5Ks on a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> emotional games, the thoughts, everything that goes on. But he's still, I get off there and he goes, high five on your dad, good work. Can I do it now? Amazing. Sure. Mm. Yeah. I could sit there, it's easier. Yeah. But it's not teaching him anything and it's not helping me. Totally. Mm. Okay. So what is one piece of advice you would give to people? Let's say, go back to me two years ago terrified, don't think, you know, people that don't think they deserve anything, riddled with fear, where do you begin? Because it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. The, the easiest way for me is to go, right, who do you want to be in 12 months? Yeah. What is it you want to achieve? Because most people just turn up and respond to life. There's no set direction, no set outcome, okay? You can't score without a goal. Imagine the World Cup of soccer. Take the goalposts away. <laughs> <laughs> you've got two teams of people kicking a ball around and what are they doing? Just getting worn out. Mm. Okay. It's like a shooter. It's like someone with bow and arrow. Take the target away and go, right, shoot. Okay. Yeah. How do you score if you don't have a target, if you don't have a goal? Sure. So the first thing to do is just simply define what it is you want in life. Okay, if most people are sitting between 50 and 80%, I would say, look, what do you want to achieve in life? Happiness, health, love, wealth. What do you want to achieve? And then double it. Mm. Think of what you think is a realistic time, then halve it. Okay, so you're getting it double the amount in half the time because double was your, how would you put it, realistic goals. Yeah. That's why I'm saying double it. Let's push it. Let's look at, oh, you think, oh, yeah, but I could do this, I could do that. It's probably going to take me 10 years. Great, sure. Let's have it. Do it in five years. Then all of a sudden, when you've got time and a destination, that's when motivation drills down and that's when you start really finding some internal drive and motivation. Okay, so think about what you want to achieve, double it, then do it in half the time. Once you start doing that, then you'll get a real clear motivation and you'll also get massive pushback and self-sabotage. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun bit to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, it is. It certainly is. And that's where I work with people is to just minimise that pushback, minimise the fear. Because fear is only created through past experiences. Once you disconnect those emotions from the past, you're free. Awesome. So where can people find you? Right here. Hello. Uh, I can't believe you went almost an hour without using a dad joke. I'm actually <laughs> quite proud of you. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, Elite Mindset Institute. Awesome. Okay, so Elite Mindset Institute. Sorry? So they can stalk away. Yep. <laughs> send me messages. Send me whatever you want. Happy to respond. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Stuart. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you are welcome.
And I'm sure that this will help and confront and challenge many people. And I look forward to getting the messages about it. <laughs> well, absolutely. So please, if, if I push people too far, hey, it's, it's just pushing your beliefs. Okay. Yeah. If you want to help, yeah, I can certainly help. No problem at all. But all I need for people to do is believe in themselves as much as I believe in you now, which is why I push people. Sometimes you got to push them before they fire themselves out. And you, go, you can't tell me that. Fine, go prove it. Yeah. Okay? That's exactly what I did with you. I pushed you away and pushed you away until you came back and went, right, I'm doing it. I don't think it took that long to come back, though, did I? I took no. about 10 minutes that first time. <laughs> and a box of tissues. <laughs> yeah, a box of tissues. Good times. Awesome. Cole, yeah. well, thank you, Stuart, and everyone go and check him out. He has changed my life, something chronic, so I highly recommend. And I will talk to you soon, my friend. Okie dokie. Thanks, Dorka. Right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.